it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Aries Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. This O Steve comes to us from Raymond Martinez. O Steve. Aries and Andy are on the road doing comedy as usual, hitting different clubs throughout the country. One night in the South. They just got done doing a show. The night went well, but not too hot. Aries and Andy are not surprised. But well, but not too hot. Aries and Andy are not surprised. <clears throat> they have been hearing about a hot new comic who has been nothing less than killing. Then Aries and Andy here, here. Hey, folks, we got a special bonus guest for you tonight. He's on fire in the comedy world, and he's here to perform a quick show. Coming to the stage, give it up for White Lightning. Aries and Andy both look at each other and say, "Oh, Steve." I saw it coming the moment I read uh, they have been hearing the news about a hot new comic. Coming. Yeah. What'd you think? I think we should start Steve's new name on the podcast. should be White Lightning. You know what? That's the takeaway. Mm -hmm. That's the name of this episode. White Lightning. White Lightning. Steve, that's your new name, man. White Lightning, dog. I like that. White Lightning. Could be his band name. Man, you're not as sick as you act. He sent me, did you, did you ever hear, uh, did you hear, did he send it to you? Yeah. The Christmas song? Oh, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't hear it yet. Well, Is it do 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 Oh, fuck. I have to have to do that next week. No, let me make sure I have it. Oh, come on. No, man. I know I got it. You do? Yeah, I know I got it. Yeah, you got to play it. it was right Holy here. shit. I wish I would have fucking... He sent us the Christmas. But don't play it, though, because I want it to be a surprise. Okay. Okay, then you... Uh... But I definitely have it. Okay, yeah, you got to you gotta listen to it. It's it's uh, He did a good job on it. Oh, I'm sure whatever the duh, the duh, the duh is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he leaned into it hard. He leaned it. Lean into it. Okay. Here we go. Got myself a gun. Got myself a gun. Jordan Lamar. <clears throat> the Sopranos is not the GOAT. What up, Aries and Andy? I, I'm on. And you know what? As I read this, I don't want to read the whole thing and then comment. I'm going I'm to stop and address the sections as we go. Give me the, give me the cover. I'm working on that. The cover of fucking steps here, Spider. <laughs> <laughs> My Joe Pesci. Um, 
What up, Aries and Andy? I'm on episode 339, still trying to catch up. Had to take a break on account. I just uh, had my first kid. Oh, boy. Oh, congratulations. Yes. Anyway, I'm wanting, I'm writing uh, in, in to talk about The Sopranos and why you hold it in such high regard. I binge watched it with my girl and then watched The Many Saints of Newark. To be honest, I really, really liked it. I'd even watch it again. But I think using the word great is a bit too far. The fuck is this guy talking about? Uh, first and foremost, the characters and cast are some of the best, I gotta say. The main reason I'd watch it again is for that purpose only, really. <clears throat> what mostly turned me off from it are two things. One, throughout most of the series, it shied away from actually showing the violence. Like in season one, when Uncle June has Christopher's partner killed in the bathtub, they don't show him getting shot in the head. It's just suggested, and then they take a quick shot uh, of the aftermath. Or when they're cutting up, uh, or they're cutting up body to hide it. They don't show the actual cutting. Uh, it's all suggested. Um, well, first of all, uh, there are some moments uh, that get pretty graphic, especially uh, later down the line. I mean, you know, one of the most violent graphic uh, murders was uh, Tony killing Ralphie in the kitchen over the horse, uh, or, or Janice shooting Richie after he punched her in the face. Um, the violence is plentiful. Or, or the scene where the, uh, the, the, the kid, uh, Matthew Bacalacqua, or whatever his name was, that shot Christopher, and him and Pussy are in the warehouse, and Tony goes, uh, I'll soda. Enjoy it, because it'll be the last sugarless fucking soda you ever have. And then they shoot him, and he's, Murray! So... I don't know. I don't know about that assessment, bro. Well, even if that is the assessment, um, uh, fuck me. Um, Just give me a clue. I, I don't even have clues right you now. You got to have a clue. Yeah, no, I will in just a second. Uh, One of the guys? No, it's not even from this. Uh, it's it's a director. Uh, Scorsese. No, a younger director likes to use the N word all the time. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino. That's his. That's his trademark. Is you let your let the person's mind uh, insert the violence because our minds are more fucked up than what we can do on the screen. The, the you don't <clears throat> see you don't see him cut off the ear of the cop. You see him talking to the ear, but you don't see it because it's 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 more disgusting. Everything that you you imagine. Right. Uh, that that's a that's 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 an art form in the director's uh, uh, vision on how to show it. Um, I, I, I don't have a problem with it when the director lets me make the uh, decisions on how someone right. is killed. Uh, I, I think I do just as good of a job as anybody could have actually put it and, in there. And that's part of the, the brilliance of David Chase is to take you on a ride that, you know, and here's the thing. What I love is sometimes when you want to see shit go over the edge, Chase won't do it. Now, while that can be infuriating at times, at times there's a genius to it. But then sometimes when you want to see him go over the edge, he fucking lets you go over the edge. You, you know, uh, I'll give you two examples. Uh, when you talk about, oh, the violence wasn't one of the most gruesome, violent moments. Remember when Ralphie beat the stripper to death outside, the bitch was gurgling. And I wanted to see Tony get in his ass because of that. And he did. So why the fuck you were pissed over? I'm a fucking captain. And 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 where I wanted to see, and he wrote it in here, where I wanted to see Tony do something that great, 
if, you know, it's one of the episodes that pissed me off because I really wanted to see Tony do something. When Dr. Melfi is about to struggle and try to tell him whether or not to tell him she was raped. And he, she starts crying and breaking down and he leans in and goes, what? Cut the black. So that's the psychological genius of, of David Chase. <clears throat> I digress. Uh, um, ba, 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 ba. Then they don't even show Adriana getting smoked or even the body. It's all off screen. What the fuck? Did, did we really need to see that? And I think that it was better that we didn't because we, she was our family. We, we, if you are a Sopranos fan, that broke your heart. That was your family. That's Adriana, Christopher. You didn't want to see that. So the idea of, you, you didn't need to see her violently get dealt with because that's our family and we loved her. That was enough mental torture to know she got dealt with. Um. I just threw that up to how early it was at the time and how TV wasn't so violent. Maybe I'm desensitized. I can't let it slide. My biggest gripe, however, is that it's mostly episodic. There's no connection from one episode to the next. A bunch of shit happens and nobody has to answer for it. <clears throat> Chris giving Meadow drugs, Uncle June putting a hit out on Tony, Janice killing Richie, and Tony hiding it. Paulie and Chris trying to kill the Russian, and which I've always said is, and that's one of the most praised episodes. That's not one of my favorite episodes by far, not even close. But I, I didn't think that episode deserved the hype that it got. Um, and listen, man, is everything all right? Yeah, you're just a little, you're a little loud. Um, life is not episodic. Life is just, every day is a random new shit. Everything's, mo that, that to me plays more into the reality of life. Because life ain't connected from one dot to the next. Shit is random. You know, there's certain events and sequences in your life that, yeah, you might experience on a, on a, on a regular basis in terms of you, how you move and how you, your pattern in life. But, yeah, ain't none of this shit. If, if it all connected like it should, it makes sense. No, and, I, and I didn't get that, too, because uh, <clears throat> that, the whole thing about Christopher, like, giving drugs to Meadow. A lot of times we we do as people something wrong for the right reasons, yeah. And that was what the reason was. But then because they're in this business, he thinks he's going to get smoked because and it's because of the stealing the and he doesn't have any idea that stealing the the uh, semi uh, and the problems that Tony's having with Junior because of it is where this why he's getting pulled around and he thinks he's going to be killed. And it's really, he thinks it's because of what he gave to Meadow. So that thing is, they're, deal, they're showing you that in this business and in his life, the fact that he gave that to Meadow weighs so heavily on him. He doesn't think about any of the other shit that he's done. Just the fact that he gave that, the drugs to Meadow. That's Tony, his own uh, uncle, is going to mm -hmm. take him out on the right. dock that day. So yes, they did deal with it, but you're not understanding the, the subtleties of how this all plays together. The psychosis. Um, <clears throat> oh my God. Uh, and Russian, uh, uh, to kill the Russian. And Tony even tells Paulie that if the shit comes back up, he better handle that shit. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, that must be, uh, some foreshadowing or, or, or nothing. Oh, that may be some foreshadowing or it's going to start a war 
with the Russians, but nothing, but nothing, he, that's his question. Absolutely nothing comes out of the Furio uh, and Carmela situation or Furio damn near killing Tony. That was genius how they played that. When Tony's fucking kind of drunk and he's near the helicopter blade in the back and Furio almost like, and you knew when you saw that scene, they're not going to kill Tony. Come on. But the idea that his love and his, 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 his passion and lust for Carmelo and his spite for Tony's disrespect of the marriage and his betrayal to his wife meant so much to him that he thought about it. And, it, and, and, it, and, and he, when he realized, if I don't go back to Italy, I'm going to kill this man and I'm going to risk being killed. So that's why he le left to go back to Italy because he knew it was safer for everybody. And then, of course, white caps. That's one of my favorite moments in acting. Tony and Carmella and the fight. When she admits and he punches the hole in the wall. Can I ask you something, Tony? No, but then like I got a choice. Because I could converse with her even with the one pin gone. I am here. I have something to say. Oh, besides, did you bring the chairs in and sign a fucking lever trust? Are you kidding me? Dude, oh. um, uh, Furio, Carmela, since you were damn near killing Tony. Tony killing Raph, Ralphie when it's made clear by Carmine that he's one of the top earners of all, of all the families and even tells Johnny to leave him alone, but Tony gets to kill him over a horse and nobody cares. Remember, it was, nobody knew for sure that Tony killed him. They just went, he's missing. The only person that knew for sure was Christopher. But everybody else, remember there was the one scene where Tony tries to call Ralphie and he, you know, obviously Ralphie's dead. He goes, no answer. Like he didn't pick up. So, yeah, man. Um, the one thing uh, where nothing came from it and worked was when Dr. Melfi got raped and had the opportunity to tell Tony, but didn't. And he asked her, did something happen? And she pauses and says no, and it cuts to black. Address that. The whole scene was fire. While I wanted to see that guy get... You know, I keep going because oh. I, I want us to comment on <clears throat> While the whole scene was fire, I wanted to see that guy get what was coming to him. Uh, it would have crossed the line between them and it would have been out of character for her. Uh, I really enjoyed their dynamic up until the end when she cut ties with him and we never saw her again. That part was bullshit. Great tit shot from her too, though. Goddamn. All right, go ahead, because there's something else he addresses new. But see, that that that's what you're missing as you look through all this. You realized why David Chase did what he did. In there, it would have changed her character. If, because by telling Tony she was raped, mm -hmm. Tony would have killed that guy, and she would have been an accomplice to a killing. That's what she didn't do. That's what all these little uh, open-ended things do. They have you understanding the reasons why. People make the decisions that they make, and that's all that this was. This whole series, right. the whole series, has many, many of those in it. Uh, and then he makes this uh, bullshit. Uh, great to blah, 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 blah. throughout the whole first season. I'm sitting here asking myself: Is this a comedy slash parody of Goodfellas or something? There's too much goofy shit happening. Chris and his boy robbing the semi truck driver, and they drop the gun, and the camera pans out to all of them standing there. And 30 seconds later, the truck driver falls to his knees, dead like some naked gun slapstick shit. Uncle June pieing this bitch in the face for telling Carmella, who told Tony, what do you want him to do, blow her brains out? 
It was what he could do for a man in his position at that age, for a woman he actually liked. Um, who, uh, who told Tony about him being a munch? Tony passing out everywhere when Uncle... And again, I, I like that he's flawed. That's the whole point of him being in the psych, with a psychiatrist. He's a mobster who's flawed. Uh, every mobster movie you've ever seen, everybody's a badass. 100% damn near bulletproof. But everybody's a badass. Tony's a badass with human flaws. Um, <clears throat> uh, Tony's guy... When, when Uncle June's hires some people to kill some of Tony's guys, and he's in the backseat peeking his head up, looking like an old man from the Six Flags commercials. Pure comedy. And I'm like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Okay, now, let me just say this. What makes it funny is that it's not... It, it's not ba-dum-boom comedy. Like, analyze this. Analyze that. What makes it funny is the fact that it's coming from a culture and in a place and from gangsters who aren't trying to be intentionally funny. It's funny because it's unintentional. That's like when, uh, when uh, <clears throat> in the Russian episode, when they're having trouble hearing Tony because of the cell phone reception, and he tells them uh, the guy's like a Russian fucking hitman. He's like a badass. And then by the time the message gets relayed from, to Paulie, he said the guy's a fucking interior decorator. Or, or from however he said it, that's what made that funny. Because that's what wise guys who are oblivious to how real life works, because everything to them is given. They're entitled. They break the law. These are wise guys. They live from Jersey. They come from a certain culture where they'll say shit and do shit where they don't even realize. Do you realize what you just said? That don't make no sense. That's not how the saying goes. And that's what makes it unintentionally funny. It's not gag comedy. You know, that's like when I used to do this joke about two Italian dudes, and one of them admits he's fucking a black girl. And the one guy goes, man, you fucking a shine? Oh, knock it till you try it. You know the saying, you know, the darker the nigga, the sweeter the berry. Like, they would fuck up a line like that. And that's what makes that funny. So, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, dude. And, 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 and listen, the fact that they implement those moments of comedy I think it's, it's, uh, it makes the show, it gives it another layer. Um, uh, the tone gets darker as the season goes on, but other than Tony choking the guy with the wire and him fighting off the people who Uncle June hired to kill him, he doesn't get to do that much badass shit. There's hardly any character development. Everybody is the same person. They were from the beginning to the end of the series. Besides AJ and maybe Meadow, I guess. There's a point where it looks like Tony's going to stop cheating on Carmella after she leaves him and he's spiraling out of control. But then she takes him back, as most women do. And I don't think even uh, five episodes later, he's trying to fuck someone else, as most men do. Christopher died a junkie, and the way they killed him off, I'm on the fence about. Why? Tony was already knowing this dude is a risk to the business, uh, he, he's a risk to me. Um, his, Chris at that point had one foot in, damn near both feet out. And when he, when remember, when, the, when they got into the accident, what sets Tony off is the fact that the tree came through the window and fucking hit the car seat, the baby car seat. So he's thinking, 
Jesus, if his daughter was in there because of this, his fuck-ups, she could have been killed. It's time to go. I thought that was great. Uh, feel free to add anything anytime you... Well, I was just going to say that the thing that with the car scene, it, it, <clears throat> it, it helps drive the story why Tony can justify it. Right. Because now Tony doesn't have to be as such a, of a bad guy while you're watching it because, you know, he's actually defending the family. Yeah. There, they, there, there are some... Yeah. Um, he wasn't doing the right thing and staying clean and almost got Tony killed. Well, you just answered your own question. To do that uh, to such an important character, though, yes, and it happened in the last season. So, yeah, an important character that went to the end. Um, uh, that was probably as a whole the worst final season to a great series of all time towards the end of season five I'm like holy shit this show is going to end so fucking crazy I'm thinking no way is Tony gonna give up Tony B or Phil or Johnny he's gonna tell them to go fuck themselves uh, Phil was uh, gonna go to take out one of Tony's guys and there was gonna be a fucking war all season six I was dead wrong I was Pissed halfway through the season, Tony goes into a coma, and we waste multiple episodes to that bullshit, then once again goes nowhere. Then, oh my fucking God, we waste what I think was uh, five episodes worth of B-story on fucking Vito and his fag capades. Dude, that was awesome. You didn't like that? Ah, son of a bitch. But when he's in the leather bar, I could have done without that scene. I loved it. Big loved it. fat dude at the leather bar. Yeah. Um, are you going to take care of his kids while he's gone? Uh, instead of, uh, like, Jesus fucking Christ, get that bullshit out of here. Then to top the first half of the season off, Carmella gets to go to Paris. Yay. He gives it a thumb down emoji. Fart noise. At this point, I'm pissed. I wasted over a month watching this crap. The only reason to have that many episodes with half of them being bullshit was so the actors could get one last big payday per episode. Give me a break. God damn, this motherfucker. Um, give me a break. At least finally, when Vito gets killed, it kind of tips the scales, forcing Tony to act on Phil. With the last straw being that one of Phil's guys harassing Meadow and Tony getting one last badass moment and beating the fuck out of that guy and curb stomping his ass. Another great violent moment. That shit was hard. Then points the gun in Butchie's face and telling him to sit the fuck down. That scene was fire. But honestly, for me, the highlight of that season was Bobby beating Tony's ass. Tony finally got what he deserved and what was coming to him. No more throwing your weight around now, huh, Skip? Bobby busted his ass, and in a moment, I thought Tony was finally changing. He goes into Bobby's room and tells him, you baby favorite square, only for him to run it back and call it a sucker punch the next morning. I thought Tony was finally being a man after all the sucker shit he did. Like when he punched. Dude, you don't get uh, characters, man. Character traits. That's the perfect thing for Tony to do. He's a boss. If he doesn't say it's a sucker punch, he's weak. Don't you remember when he came back from the surgery and he got to the fight with the bodyguard, the big uh, bald Italian dude? And remember, they showed a scene where he's looking at everybody in the room. They focus on one of the dude's biceps. He looks at Bobby and he's going, who do I take on? And he fought the biggest, baddest motherfucker in the room. And when it was over, he went into, and this was a genius moment. He went into the bathroom, threw up in the toilet, looked in the mirror, 
with that sinister smile. He had to throw his weight around to remind people I'm the boss. Don't think that just because I got shot and I laid up in a hospital and when I, because when I get out, I need help to sit down and stand up that I'm weak. I'm the boss. That's what that moment was for. That's why he had to go. It was a sucker punch. Even if he has to lie to himself, he's got to maintain being the boss. Yeah, man, you, you don't understand character development. Um, uh, like when he punked the new guy, the bodybuilding dude, that was driving for him or when he got in Tony B's ass for making fun of him. All the gambling and losing, killing Chris and Tony B. He was looking real soft in the end, and I honestly couldn't root for him. But Bobby humbled his ass. Then when the season finally gets good, they kill off Bobby and where he finds his peace and happiness in the model train store. Can you think of a better place? Uh, Of course, I don't want to see anybody get killed off, especially not like that, but I thought it was a good decision. Then they got my nigga Sill and was like, hell fucking no, but still great storytelling and action. I was really hoping they would let the main characters get their hands dirty in the war, like have Paulie kill Butchie or something and have in uh, and have him go out and have him go out in a blaze of glory. But in the end, they squashed the beef, hired some goons to kill Phil in the most fucked up way in front of his daughter. Yes, that was crazy good. And the tire go, going over his head, fucking dope. Wish they showed it, though. Why? Why do you need to see that graphic shit? You heard it. You heard it. You heard the bones crunch. I think we should just alert the police. This nigga might be having bodies in his freezer or in his closet. This is what it looks like when you really do it. Yeah, nigga. Um, uh, now the final scene. I heard about through friends and social media, and you know Andy's take on this. So I already knew how the final scene went down. Tony looks up and cuts to black. What I don't understand is how people think he got killed. It makes no sense. The beef was squashed. Phil's crew was unhappy with Phil in the end, and Tony is favored by little Carmine. If it's because that one Italian-looking dude who walks past him and and into the bathroom, I don't get it. We've seen how these guys operate. They walk up to whoever these... They walk up to whoever broad day, bare face, and smoke them in front of everybody and don't care who sees or who's in there. It's never no sneaky shit. Uh, What are you talking about? Most dudes get it in the back of the head. That is sneak. That's the that's the 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 onuses of sneaky. To shoot somebody when they ain't looking. Yeah, dude. I'm starting to see you. You 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 had low grades, nigga. Uh, these pieces aren't hard to put together. But see, that's the, what you just said goes with the, my reasoning of what happened at the end. You don't see it. You don't see it. But if you go to if you fade to black, <clears throat> who got taken out? If Tony got if Tony got killed, we would see it. If we as the audience get killed, we don't see anything anymore. That's my point. It fades to black. It how does it fade to black? If if I got shot right now, right. you would still we, you would see me. Right. If I got shot though, I wouldn't see you. Right. Fades to black. That's why I keep saying the audience got taken out. And remember, and good fellas. The scene where they all get in the Cadillac so that Joe Pesci could ice pick the nigga in the back of the neck. Did he see that coming? Mm-mm. Sneaky. The scene where Joe, where Joe Pesci gets his button and they get into the room and he looks and goes, 
Oh, no. Pow. Back of the head. Sneaky. Yeah, dude, your grades. I know your report card was horrible. Um, uh, Tony's alive. Tony's alive. And Andy, your theory is even more ridiculous. Honestly, I think the creators and writers didn't know how to end it. You really think, hold up, that David Chase and this Emmy Award winning show wouldn't know how to handle a show that they've been working on for six years? Come on, dude. They were still talking about today. And they Come did. on, man. They knew. They left it open-ended thinking they might could have squeezed, another, uh, squeezed out another season. Not at all. Silvio was recuperating in the hospital. The cat foreshadowed Paulie's death, and Tony enjoyed a meal with his family. The end. Cut to uh, Black. Forget about it. Again, I liked it a lot, but it's definitely not a Breaking Bad or a Sons of Anarchy's level. This puts Sons of Anarchy in a shoebox Buried in the backyard. Um, <clears throat> I should have known that I was in what I was in for when I found out one of your top shows is fucking power, LOL. That shit was corny as fuck in the end of total unbelievability. You, I bet you, you like watching live autopsies. I can't disagree with him about the uh, power? power. Nah, power was dope. And you're right. It was soap opera feely. Yeah. But who doesn't like a good soap opera? Me. Um... That shit was power. A lot of that shit was corny as fuck. Ooh, shit. And the end was totally unbelievable. Many Saints of Newark was okay, but I need way more. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. They better make a sequel. Michael Gandolfini was fine. I need to see some more. Aries, you got to let that Nepo baby actors hate go. LOL. John David is pretty good. And his dad, as great as he is, plays the same goddamn character everywhere. Oh, well, wait a minute, motherfucker. <laughs> You just said that John David is pretty good. Is Denzel pretty good? He's great. He's won Oscars. He's been multi-nominated. And you're going to associate great with pretty good? And that's the stock you come from? Nah, B. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. His son, not even close. So I'm saying, if you're coming from great stock, you either have to be as good or better. Pretty good? When you come from that stock, don't cut it. Miss me with that bullshit. I think he's pretty good. And Denzel, the same role. So you telling me Flight was the same as uh, Malcolm X? You telling me Malcolm X was the same as Frank Lucas? You telling me that the character and the loving father and the, and the emotion and tears he displayed in John Q is the same as, as uh, him doing Shakespeare and Much Ado About Nothing or Macbeth? The fuck is you talking about? Now I'm getting mad. Macbeth, Shakespeare, any trained actor will tell you that's hard shit. Denzel did both. Played a, dr a drunk in flight, a civil rights leader in Malcolm X, which we know biopics aren't easy to pull off. Because if they were, man, come on, B. Fucking uh, training day, John Q. Wasn't a dry eye in the theater if you had children, especially a son. Fuck you talking about. I'm getting mad now. It's crazy ass assessment. Uh, but I'd like you guys to go episode by episode, season by season, on why you both love The Sopranos so much. I just told you in my rebuttals, would watch again, 7 out of 10. Love and respect. Peace. We basically just did, because that was a long-ass email. Yes, it was. That took up a half hour.
to all the other emailers, write this motherfucker, let him know your disdain. Even Dwan Curse is like, God damn. Hee 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 hee. Uh, fucking Talking shit about my fucking family. That I'm was, a vision in a minute of the fucking day. Yeah, that wasn't a scroll. That was a full floppy disk. Nigga, that was a whole episode. All right, shit. Um, uh, no, 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 no. Can't read another winded one. Pass the fuck out. Aaron Williams. Uh, words you can't say in a black household. Yo, what up, guys? Sitting here listening to email pod. I was wondering why growing up you couldn't say what while answering your parents. I tried that shit once by saying what to my mom. She smacked the shit out of me and said, you better say huh while answering me. Also, I was not allowed to say the word lie. I had to say you're telling a fib or why you're not telling the truth. Anyway, it's your Cleveland nigga, Darren. You know why? Because what, when you say what, the way it's delivered, there's no way to deliver that other than with an authoritative tone. Whereas, huh, doesn't have that authority in it. Huh is retarded. It sounds stupid, like you're stupid. But Andy, uh, say my name, like call me. Aries. What? You see that? Now say Aries again. Aries. Huh? So your parents won't take Authority, but they'll accept retarded. Yeah. You're allowed to be retarded, but you're not allowed to be authoritative. No, that makes sense. And we weren't allowed to, like, question yeah. that same way. But You a lie. No, you, that, that's like, you know, yeah, that you, has that same... Fibbing is a little softer. Oh, you're fibbing. Well, it was also calling your parent out. Yes, and you can't do that. Uh, you, did, you weren't allowed to say what, right? Or lie. I couldn't call it, tell them if they were lying. I remember I said my mom was lying once and I got in trouble for it. <clears throat> Diego Minaya. M-I-N-A-Y-A. Minaya. Diego Minaya. All right. Leave the world behind. I hope this isn't too long for the podcast, but please bear with me. Oh, no, it's not. Trust me. We just got done. We read uh, five seasons worth of email. Uh... Let me begin by saying I'm a big fan of the podcast. You and Andy have great chemistry and keep each other in check. Keep up the good work. I was shocked by the fact that you did not catch racism coming from Julia Roberts' character in the movie. I know it was meant to be subtle, but it was plain as day. I love how the black father understood how explosive the situation could get with these white people, and you can see him trying not to be stereotyped, not to be the stereotype that black men are labeled as being uncontrollable Neanderthals. His daughter was under the impression that he was tr uh, trusting white people, but in reality, he wasn't. As a successful black man, he knows how to deal with white people, and that is to make them feel safe and in control. Let's not forget he went straight for the cabinet with the gun in it. Now, I have something to say about Andy's comments about race and how black people enslaved and sold black people. White people sold white people as slaves also. The difference is that America made it about the color of your skin. As Aries correctly put it in Chattel slavery uh, is another different animal. The brutality, the breeding of slaves like cattle, the way one was seen as an animal to be used and abused was not seen in the world until the American way of slavery. Even the very white people that helped free slaves did not see blacks as equal, nor uh, thought we deserved the same rights. They just 
thought of slavery was, they just thought slavery was uh, brutal and barbaric. All this gentleman is to say that no white people should not be trusted, nor should we, de should we depend on them to do what is right. When shit hits the fan, we should all remember that we will be the first they go after. History has shown this, and as a Jewish man, Andy knows this to be true. Much love, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys live in New York City this year, which on May 18th, wasn't it? May 18th? I think it's May 18th. Uh, Madison Square Garden, Hulu Theater. Yeah, dude, I, I, I'm telling you, I did not pick up racism from Julia Roberts. I picked up cuntiness, bitchiness. But it was based on her racism. It you was, think so? It was I don't. It was based on her stereotype of what, what she felt. Um, there's really good scenes in there. There's a lot of good scenes in there. Um, but, and, and I just want to comment on some of the things that, that was just said, though. Uh, chattel slavery is, uh, is is obviously it's it's a problem, but I, I, I we 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 grant it to America when it did come from South America as much as it came from America, uh, and it comes from uh, the the need to to be able to continue slavery as as a way of uh, as demeaning to demean people because we knew America knew Thomas Jefferson knew when he wrote the original uh, Declaration of Independence, that all men were created equal. That's why it says all men. Uh, this was the way that the white men were able to do what they did. It, it really is. Uh, the, only, the only thing I can, I, I could even come up with the, why that would be possibly done. Uh, I know that the, the, import, the importing of slaves was made illegal, and then that led to more chattel, the, the ability to do chattel slavery because you you needed to replace what you didn't have, what you couldn't import anymore. Uh, but it, 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 it's, 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 I, I, it's not justifiable. And I guess some, I understood why some people would be upset when I say it, but going back to what I said, when we talk about trust of people, yeah, there's a, it, there's a problem with people in general, humanity. And that's where I stand with it. Yes, I know that white people uh, were able to look away at something that they shouldn't have, but they didn't. There was a, there was a war, and this is this is where I get really it gets more complex to me. In this, there was a war. Uh, it was the bloodiest war in American history. It was for the liberation, I, and I feel it was for the liberation and the abolishing of slavery. And it took place, and it was so bloody, and it was won, and I believe the right side won the war. And at the end of all of that, there's still a group of white people that were able to institute a different form of slavery. So by that being said, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Can you trust white people? White people went to war. But the same people that went to war, they got fucked on that deal too. There's blood, their death, their blood, there's rots in that ground was on the on the idea that they were doing the right thing. And then somehow, after re, Reconstruction started, and somehow they were able to change it and, and implement uh, um, Jim Crow laws. I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it as a person, because if America was what it was supposed to be when the people spoke, and then we went to, and that wasn't enough, and then we went to war, for the right to remove that. And then they just drop it in a few years later again. 
Yeah, that, that's my that's my problem. That that that's this is where this conversation. I have a revolving problem with the conversation in my own head, but I don't think that any group is better than another group. And yes, white people slay, uh, sold white people uh, because it's slavery at that time too, especially back then, wasn't a white. It wasn't a, a racial idea. It was it was a slavery idea. It was a power uh, dynamic. And it's always happened. It's happened throughout the Middle East, and it's happening right now. As we sit here and speak, there is slavery going on right now, and people aren't talking about it. Um, I wanted to just pull this up real quick. Uh, I hope, uh, where is it? I mentioned it last week on the pod. Um, I know Andy's not going to remember. Uh I'm telling you and what Andy is talking about and what I'm talking about and what this subject matter is, this great new fucking documentary on Netflix that I watched. Um, oh, God I might have wrote it down. Uh, well, here's the, uh, there's a document. Stamp, oh, stamp, stamp. God, this is a fucking great documentary. Uh, Did you write it down? I'm looking for it. Forgive us, folks. I just It's just while we're on this topic, I just wanted to really fucking mention this again. Uh, fuck me. I thought it would pop right up when I pulled up Netflix. I can't find it. I'm gonna yeah. Ah, it. fuck. I'll probably try to find it and tell you guys at the end of it. But it's a really good... Uh, documentary about slavery and America and uh, fucking awesome watch. Uh, fuck me. All right, anyway, I don't want to take up fucking time. Did you look at that Ferrari movie, though, that's coming out or came out? No. I think that's going to be a good movie. Okay, well, anyway, I'll make sure as Andy's going through the dates, I'll see if I can pull it up. Um, I'm going to get to these two. Brian Dixon. I think you might like this. Want to play a game? And dude, I, as I read this, and I, I read it on the plane, your setup is a little off, so I'm, I'm tweaking it to make the... You got to raise the stakes. Uh, you and Andy have been knocked out and kidnapped after a successful night at a comedy show. You both wake up in an abandoned warehouse in an old bathroom with dirty floor tiles, specks of blood, and dookie splattered all over the walls and floors. You are chained to a chair with a table in front of you. Aries is hungry because he ha uh, you haven't had a chance to eat after your show. On the table, there's a steaming hot plate of hot wings made to perfection. The best wings you have ever had, but the only problem is, is that the bones of the wings are all broken through the skin and all of them. Aries says he hates to uh, see chicken wings with broken wing bones poking through the skin and can't eat the food, LOL. A cracked TV comes on, and the saw puppet says you can uh, leave only when Aries eats the totality of the wings, and the key hidden and the key is hidden in one of the wings. Also, Andy has to talk to Dr. Umar and Tariq Nasheed, who are also in the room, and admit to them that black Americans have no blood on their hands, only white Americans. Andy can't help Aries eat the wings at all. Are you getting out of the room? All right, we got to change that. First of all, 
Believe me, Andy's going to stand on what he stands on. <laughs> Which means chances are Tariq Nasid and Umar Johnson are going to leave the room before Andy does. So that's, there's no stakes in that. So you have to have Andy do something he's not a fan of. Here's what I say. My scenario is still, um, we're both, me and Andy, locked in this room. I, I'm chained to a table. Andy's chained to a table. And his table's right next to my table. I have to eat 50 broken wings, all of them broken, in five minutes. And the key is in one of the wings. If I don't finish the wings in five minutes, I will then be gang-raped in the ass by three former NBA players. Uh, Sam Cassell, Dikembe Mutombo, and Popeye Jones. And Andy has to drink a half a, ha- a half a gallon of room temperature milk. Oh. And the key is in the milk with several laxatives. And uh, the only way Andy can get out is he has to drink the milk and he has to sh- shit the milk out in five minutes. Uh, and if he doesn't, then R. Kelly munches out of the back of his ass while he shoots the milk in R. Kelly's mouth. Oh, dude, that is disgusting. (laughs) So you got five minutes to drink this milk and forcibly shit this key out. Otherwise, you're going to get eaten out by R. Kelly. And I got five minutes to eat these wings and get the key while I get gang raped by Sam Cassell, Takemi Mutombo, and Popeye Jones. I got a much better one for me than that. What? Because I'll use his uh, his that he has. So uh, it's Dr. Umar. Yeah. In me. And Umar has to fight with me, yelling. We're yelling back and forth. We have the argument uh, of blood on our hands, on who has blood on their hands. Yeah. While the hottest white chick, whatever Dr. Um, uh, Umar's style is, yeah. is butt-ass naked and trying to suck his dick. Wait, 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 what? Dr. Umar, this white girl is trying to suck his dick. Dr. Umar's dick. Yeah. Yeah. While he's yelling at me. About and trying to convince me that there's no blood on any right. black person's hands, and who if I have to if he comes before uh, I admit it, then I win that one. Because hmm. Dr. Umar is not he said no white women. I don't believe any man <laughs> when some pussy is in front of him unless I see it. No, there's his challenge. No, she sucks his dick, and if he gets an erection. You win. Because if he's as turned off by white women as he says he is, then his shit should stay limp during the blowjob. There you go. But if he gets an erection, you win. I know you're going to be praying for that white girl to suck that motherfucking beast. I just think if a hot white chick is in there, I don't care if it's a hot white chick, (coughs) hot Indian chick, hot black chick. No, it's got to be white because it's him. No, I'm just saying, yeah, it has to be white for him. There's no guy. If she's hot, she's hot. There's nothing you can do about it. A hot white chick dressed in a sexy clan uniform. Like her titties is out, her face is covered. You know she's white because her titties is out. In other words, where the eye holes would be is for the titties. Okay. So you don't see a face. There's yeah, no- there has to be a face because the face is attractive. You have to have the face. Nigga, you getting your dick sucked. That's attractive. <laughs> I need to see the bitch. 
<laughs> she has to be sexy. Nah, son. It, it goes against the grain of who he is. White chick and a clan uniform. Okay. And again, the hood, you can't see the face at all. No eye slits. I, but the tits are out. So you know she's white from the tits being out. I, I think you could do a sexy clan outfit for a white chick. I just said it with the tits out. Yeah, but I think you could do it with her face and everything. Nah, I don't want to see the face. All right. The way clans, man, th that is a sexist, racist ideology. You don't want to see your face. <laughs> uh, so you think Dr. Umar's coming? It, nigga, that his semen is going to match her wardrobe. <laughs> that motherfucker's coming, nigga. Uh, Arthur Freeman, episode 532, Ridiculous Extremes. Hey guys, long listener, uh, second time writing in, though I may have sent the first to the wrong email. I'm currently listening to episode 532, heard something and decided to reach out. You guys were discussing a statement made on the Obama-produced movie about not trusting white people, and Andy made a statement that I'd like to address. He mentioned that half the country fought the Civil War because they wanted to rid the country of slavery. I understand that he may, be, he may have been speaking generally, but numerically speaking, it was not half the country. It was the enlisted that fought under orders. When you're in the military and your commander-in-chief says you're going to war against the South, you do not ask questions. And that almost took me, was what our argument with the blood on your hands. When I, go, when I made that exact point, that when you're given an order, you're doing what you have to do. But let me go to this. Um, it is your sworn duty to comply. Those soldiers from the North obeyed orders to fight their white brethren, not because they believed in the cause, but because they were ordered to do so. It was their job. Of the many who did support the cause, many still did not believe the blacks were equal in their eyes. Furthermore, Lincoln freed the enslaved, not because he was such a wholesome white man, but because it was the only way to crush the economy of the South so that he could reunite the Union. History would have, would have you believe that he freed the enslaved out of the moral goodness of his heart, but there is evidence of his nonchalant disposition towards black people and their oppressive condition. And then he sends a link of a, a statement uh, for your verification. Uh, Andy also made another statement to push back against the trust no white people, paraphrasing, from the movie Leave the World Behind. He said, sold by whom? Or something similar as a way to suggest that because it was Africans that sold other Africans, one also could not trust black people either. That is a common misnomer used to equivocate the selling of enslaved people, which was often done after battles to the vile acts performed during Chattel slavery. By the way, Africans had no idea of the horrible conditions they were sending their skin folk. This isn't an attempt to minimize their treacherous acts, but it is treachery, treachery in hindsight, a sin that does need to be addressed by everyone involved. In his book, Oluwadawa Equino, I don't I'm fucking that up, Olu. Olada Equino mentioned that conditions of the enslaved who were often captives from battle, which was nothing compared to the conditions we faced on the side of the Atlantic. They had families and were allowed to live a relatively peaceful existence, but in captivity, again, any form of captivity is completely fucked up if Jigsaw had a device to your head and forced you to choose. I bet you choose slavery as Oladua mentioned. Andy, as Aries said, there's undeniable historical evidence that supports the veracity of the statement, trust no white people. Ask any indigenous group of non-white people. If you were keeping scores of the significant times, one group proved to be untrustworthy 
Oh shit. It'd be one two one two two hundred thirty six thousand two hundred thirty five whites win by a landslide. Andy, I believe you were speaking generally, and I have the advantage of playing Monday morning quarterback. But I wanted to address this because somewhere out of there, someone heard this episode and now believes in the perpetuated myth that Lincoln freed the slaves out of moral righteousness and that African selling other Africans was just as evil as the acts of purchasing, trading. We were the first traded commodity on Wall Street. Uh, And then he sends another link, Wall Street's connection to slavery. Raping, breeding, murdering, lynching, hunting. It's an attempt to minimize the, uh, the horrors perpetuated on our people. To comment on the Dr. Umar extremist comment, it's okay to disagree with him, but at least someone is speaking on critical issues that affect black people. Most people with a voice choose silence. Other groups stay on code and protect whatever it is they create. An NBA player dominating overseas and being heralded as the best is unavoidable because we created the sport. No, we didn't. A white guy created the sport from Indiana, of all places, which we're in. Um, because we created the sport. As you said, Aries, we dominated. Overall, physically, we're the dominant group. Now, in contrast, as talented as black people are at singing, there has to be some black Jewish singers that blow their competition out of the water. I challenge either of you to show me where he or she is celebrated in Israel at the level that we celebrate M here. I bet it doesn't happen because although Jewish isn't a race, it's become synonymous with white. All Umar is saying is we give everything away too easily, which is why we don't have anything to show. There should be countless black record executives, but we don't control any aspect of the music. I agree that Eminem is the Mount Olympus of rap, but saying he is the entitled goat would be the same as calling him Zeus. M is lyrically sick. He's versatile, creative, put a lot of black men in winning positions and can ride any beat. But the same goes for Nas, J, Black Thought, Most Def, Kendrick J, Kendrick J. Cole, uh, J. Electricana, Electronica, whatever. Wayne, Outkast, Luda, Scarface, Game, the list goes on. Any one of those artists have released albums full of substance. M's albums do not possess the same level of depth. Much of his songs are catchy songs and fillers that have no substance. Calling M the goat or a goat is disrespectful to his predecessors like Rakim and KGR. I'm glad you mentioned Godfrey earlier. It'd be interesting to hear his perspective on some of this. Aries, you're right about us dominating soccer. Look at the French World Cup team demographics. They won because of Africa. I'm going to end here. Apologize for the long windedness. Now my humble submission for porn titles. Uh, Cliffhanger is stiff handler. Uh, When your date cancels after you've popped Viagra. The last boy scout, the last boy in the house. A father desperately tries to save his fourth and final son who wants to transition as his other three older sisters did. Demolition man. Generation, Generation Trans, starring Freshly Sniped. I like Freshly Sniped. <laughs> About a post-op trans woman and the events that led to him being dismembered. <laughs> the fifth element, the piss of relevance. The golden showers that R. Kelly promised would propel his girl into stardom. Again, apologies for the long-winded email. Keep up the great work, guys. I look forward to hearing your opinions free. Uh, on his porn titles, before yeah. I start on the other stuff, um, there was thought in all of those, like deeper than just yes. the, so I, I thought they were all original. And but like, I didn't, yeah. I, I, I didn't think the uh, synopsis was that clever. Uh, other than West freshly sniped, uh, like the cliffhanger, 
the last boy in the house. That's kind of the last boy in the house. That title's funny. The last boy in the house, though. I wasn't expecting it to be about the last guy and his other three uh, transgendered. It was oh, like the last boy in the, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. My bad. Yeah, it's deeper. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah. all deeper than just the, yeah. like the average porn names. Yeah. So those were those were pretty good. Yeah. Um listen, man, I'm not as quick as I need to be for this today. Uh what he what he wrote, uh what, the Lincoln stuff. Uh let me well, let, let me start there. Over. You should I start there? No, I'm just saying we, when we had Tim on and 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 we addressed that, and Tim kind of swayed me. But now I'm going to go back to where I was, man. No, no. I'm going to go back to where I was. You can you go back to where you were. Tim has something coming out about it. And uh, Tim's, Tim's really well, has educated himself. Tim's well-educated, but he's educated himself on this particular issue and went deep into what uh, this is about. And then you'd have to look at not only where Lincoln's wife comes from, but then what, sh- what her place was in this. You, you, you're mistaken and you're slipping and you're taking easy, you're taking an easy route if you don't look more into it. Number one. Number two, when we talk about uh, America and the Civil War, a lot of people enlisted into the Civil War before, after the Civil War came out. There was a, there was a fight. It wasn't just about slavery. It was North versus South, but it wanted to rid the scourge. And no matter what, they still fought the war. And this is what makes it even more distressing to me. Whether you wanted to, you didn't. You fought the war. The war ended. The right side, as far as I'm concerned, won the war. Uh, we were supposed to head. America's had several opportunities to change its path. And that would have been one of the great opportunities to change its path. And so they have the opportunity. The, the path is laid out. You can't change it. We went to war to change the direction of America. And while we're in this war, you know, oh, get, get oh, after it ends, Reconstruction starts, and then they they do an a, a, about a play that is a round end to, to lead us back into what is a different form of slavery. Mm-hmm. And this is this is to me, to me, this is just me. I, I I don't know who I am to say what I'm about to say. This is that is the most that right there that moment is, is the most despicable time in our nation. And the reason I say that is I, you can't be proud of slavery from the beginning because when it's re- like when it says written, all men are created equal, right. that meant all men. And there's some studying that you could do on that if you wanted to. You don't have to, but there's some study you could do on why it says that. You can look at the Gen- Je- Jefferson Papers. You can know that he w- wanted to abolish slavery at that time. Now everybody's going to hit me up going, but he had slaves. Yes, he did. And then look more into why. Look more into what that has to mean. Look more into America and what that does. It, it, it didn't go at that time, but it was legal. They had it. We made it illegal. We went to war to make it illegal. We made, this is the moment when America gets to change who it is, and it went back. And this is the moment that in all of America, we talk about Trump right now and the, the insurrections. That's the moment, man. That's the moment to me where I go, this is where America really showed who it was and lost its way. It had the opportunity to be a better country, and it, and it didn't. And when we, then uh, when he goes to being uh, about the... And, and, and you can, you know, you're judging what Lincoln said to today's standards. We don't hold up 20 years ago to today's standards on what somebody says in a speech, 
and how someone talks in, in, in our culture 20 years ago doesn't hold up to today. And you want to go back 100 plus years to Lincoln and what he said to get a job accomplished, he doesn't hold up to what today's standards. Of course he fucking doesn't. Got some energy there. But I mean, it doesn't. How, how could you? How could you? How could you relate to what was being said then to today, and and think that it's going to match the standard? It doesn't. Uh, so that that doesn't make any sense to me. And then I know he said some stuff about Israel, but I, oh, about Jews, about Jews, Israel, and, and then Israel being white. This is this is the greatest. This is this is what I love, and this is something about other parts of what is in this letter. White. You can't trust white people. White people aren't these same people. If you want to go back to the time of Lincoln, the white people aren't the same people that are the white people today. Did you think about that in your the ideology? Is some of the ideology is still the same? But not. But that same group is the same ideology. But white people aren't the same. Italians <clears throat> weren't white back then. The Irish definitely weren't white back then. You want to talk about slavery? There's what a lot they? of Irish. What were they? What were they? they were Irish. They couldn't get jobs. There's big signs. Can't work. No Irish hired. No WAPs hired. Don't WAPs need not apply. They weren't white. America's white came from white um, uh, from what the British colonies, and that was America. The British and the Dutch. Those are the whites. And so now you want now you throw it all over the whites, and then you said the Jew, the white representation of America. Jews is why you think of them as white. That is not the number one group in Israel. Maserati Jews are the number one group in Israel. They're not white. All the, the, the Israel, the, the Jews that have lived in Israel in Palestine. Golda Meir was, the, it, it was one of the leaders uh, of, of Israel. She was Palestinian. She's a Jew. That's what was there. Jewish Palestinians, because all the people that lived there, they called Palestinians. And the Jews were part of that country, that, that part of that area of the world. It wasn't a country. It was just the Palestinians. That was the territory. And there were Jews. They weren't white Jews. They didn't come from the Dutch colonies. You guys got to do some more homework. <laughs> Everybody has to do more homework, because this isn't something of just people who write into this. This is the media that I'm listening to right now. We, we are idiots. We are, we are all idiots because we're not thinking past our nose, man. We can't think about how things were looked at 100 years ago or 200 years ago. They're not looked at as today. The guys today, everybody who's 50 years old, everybody is, Sean Connery doesn't pass today's test. Sometimes you have to, go ahead, do it. <laughs> no, I, no, but I want you to do it because that's what I was trying to get to. How does he uh, say it? Sometimes you got to give it a little slap. That part? Yeah. How does that fly today? Well, I might get some female. Yeah, might get some female. <laughs> That's one of the coldest lines ever. We don't, when you take speech into account and what people say, you have to put it in, con in context to the time that it was in. And we don't do that. So therefore, Lincoln isn't the person we thought he was because he didn't say it the way that we would say it today. Of course not. But do you... But what? Go ahead. I'm just, okay, but do you think... Lincoln would, there's not a chance he still wouldn't be racist or feel the way he felt based on the words he said if he were here today? You know, I, let's, let, let's put, I'll say it this way. <laughs> he did what he needed to do and he got a job done that no one else was willing to do. 
but we want it. We, 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 that's not good enough. Now we have to take it away from him. We have to disqualify it from him and we have to move it away from him. Are you sure he couldn't have gotten a job done without doing that? No. It's the job that he wanted to do. It's the job that he wanted to do. I, I don't, I, 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 the more that I read, the more that I, I look into it, the more that I see. Now, yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, dissension from that. I, I've read other things, but again, it doesn't take into to account the time. When I said, when Tim came on here and we said, hey, he wasn't elected president when these speeches were coming out. He had to get, how many black people could vote during the time when uh, Lincoln was running? None. Okay, so how is he going to get in office? Does he have to say things to make white people feel comfortable to get in office? Right. What is he going to... Hey, I'll tell you what. As soon as I get in office, I'm going to free all the blacks. That, that, that I definitely think he would have got elected on that one. <laughs> we, we, we don't take things into, con into context. We don't, we're not doing critical thinking. We're just taking... Listen, even on today, with things that I go through today that are happening in this world right now, I have to think about them, rethink about them, look at them, question them. And I still, I, I, like in my soul, man, I'm telling you, every day I challenge myself to think about it in a different way because I don't want to have the thoughts that I have. I don't want to believe what I believe. So I challenge myself every fucking day to come up with something different. And then I go back and I either, hopefully, hopefully I see something different to make it feel different or make it a different way. But generally, Unless something changes it, I, I do come back to where I'm at. But I would love for things to be different than they are now. But this is the world that we live in. People have made sacrifices and change to get to where we are today. And I'm, you can't discount them on the words that they said 100 or 200 years ago, considering the words that people said 25 years ago will have them eliminated from, uh, from uh, polite society. It's called Stamped from the Beginning. Can we agree to maybe talk about this next week? Yeah, Check I'll it watch out. it. I'm going to be in bed for the rest of the week, so I'm going to watch it. It's called Stamped from the Beginning on Netflix. Oh, it's a great fucking documentary. Uh, and since, you know, we read these last two emails uh, from a man, from this one and the other guy. Uh, yeah, this, this would, that's why I wanted to so badly find this and bring it up. Because uh, it 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 uh, it delves deep uh, into chattel slavery and some of what we Can you just... say chattel, please. Is it? Am I, am I saying it wrong? Chattel. chattel. Oh my bad. I thought it was chattel. Uh, nigga, I have earned the right to language. You can say whatever you want to say, but if you could say chattel, I think me and most of the people shit would tell, nigga. Appreciate it. Uh, chattel is a chattel. Chattel, chattel slavery. Um, so it it dives into all of that. So and and I love that I'm I'm giving you guys the heads up. So that you could see it. So when we're in Dallas next week and we talk about it, you have the reference points. Stamped from the beginning on Netflix. Uh, I think that's a show, right? That is a show. Let me give out some dates. Yeah, that's Sopranos, man. That took a half hour. I know. He should be... Uh, he should be... Uh... Next time he sends in an email, you should only read half of it. Why? Because he took up half of a fucking show. Uh. All right, here we go. Um, where are we? 
Uh, yeah, guys, we're recording. Uh, we're you're listening to this while we're in Addison Improv in Dallas. Uh, that's January 11th to the 14th, January 18th through the 21st. We're at Magooby's Joke House in Timonium, Maryland. February 8th to the 10th, we're at Mesquite Street Pizza, Southside, Corpus Christi, Texas. I, I don't think they have comedy clubs out there. I think they have a pizza place that has comedy. Uh, February. <laughs> Uh, let's see, February 15th to the 18th, Helium, uh, comedy in Buffalo, New York. I'm really looking forward to being back in Buffalo. It's just going to be so fucking cold. cold. Uh, February 23rd to the 24th, uh, Funny Bone at Albany, New York. Uh, March 15th to the 16th, uh, Cincinnati Funny Bone in Liberty Township. March, uh, 22nd to the 23rd, Funny Bone, Virginia Beach. March 29th through the 31st, Columbus, Ohio. And then let's do those uh, Canadian dates. Canadian. As if I was like, had an ailment. <laughs> do you want me to do the dates? Do you have them? Yeah, I have Oh, them. go I, ahead. I, I, yeah, I think sure. I do here. Andy, where are we going to be? Cleveland, Ohio. Oh. Do you think maybe that's why people don't want to come out and see us in Cleveland? No, because it was shit long before we got there. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Cleveland, pull, prove Aries wrong. Uh, let's see. Uh, April 27th, we're going to be at Broward, uh, Broward Center in Ottawa. And April 28th, we're going to be at Olympia in Montreal. Uh, followed by uh, April 30th at is it Bella Rose Art Center in Halifax, Nova Scotia? Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. I just like saying it. Oh, you just like saying it? Nova Scotia. Uh, I got I to gotta enlarge this thing because my eyes don't. May 18th, y'all. The Big Apple Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden. May 18th. Your boys at the garden. Hometown. You know what I'm saying? I'm not stepping on that one. That one's yours every single show. Maybe. What do you mean? You got to say that every show. Oh, okay. You got the, you got the fucking hat. Start you, spreading the news. You got the jacket. <laughs> you got the butter, Tim. Hey, real quick. I got to read this because uh, I just came across it. It's short, but I, I want to read it because of you. Okay. Dude comes in. Uh, PG, much-watched documentary about Jewish triplets. Hey, Double A, I'm excited to share an incredible documentary documentary with you called three identical strangers. Andy is going to be blown away by this gripping tale of three kids separated at birth. The narrative delves much deeper, exploring the profound implications of an experiment conducted by a Jewish adoption agency <clears throat> on these three Jewish kids. I won't spoil the details. You'll have to watch to uncover the mystery behind the experiment and its significance. Trust me, it's a riveting story that goes beyond the surface. Enjoy the watch. I believe you can rent it on Amazon Prime or watch with a Hulu subscription. Best. We should watch Stamp from the Beginning and this and talk about those two. I, I've heard about this and mm -hmm. I, I wanted to see it. Um, yes, I think that would be a good call for next week. Yes, because you will bring the matzo balls and I will bring the fried chicken. And, but I do want to say before I get off this, because uh, I know we gave dates and this is usually the end of the podcast. But that last email, that's something that I forgot to, to throw in there. Uh, I like when he said uh, there's no black Jewish, you know, that get the same come ups as whatever. Mm -hmm. Listen, man, I'm, I'm going to be real honest about this. And this is where uh, this starts to get just annoys the fuck out of me. Uh oh, 
This is a country that was created, uh, that, that was, the land was given to uh, by the UN. And the Jews, the, the Israeli Jews stood up and said, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Is it what is it what they wanted? No one ever asked that question. This is important. No one asked the question, is that what they wanted? Did they see this sliver of land is what they wanted? No one says that. You know why? Because they said, we'll take it. Because when you're given, sh- when you don't have a choice of shit and someone gives you some shit, you take the shit. And they took it. And they made it what it, they, they, they did what they did with it. And for 75 years, this country has been attacked every decade. They've uh, had nothing but, uh, nothing but issues every time with every, every other country around them. And still, they produce a democracy. They bring people in from all over that, that have rights to be there. And then he brought up, then that's when he said that about blacks. Then the Ethiopians, uh, I didn't think, I didn't like the way that they, that I felt like the Ethiopian uh, immigration to Israel should have been easier, but it wasn't. But that's beside the point for right now. For right now, it's beside the point. It's not always beside the point, but for this moment, it's beside the point. And they're doing this, this little country is providing a makeup of people from all over the world that have uh, that have rights as Jews to come here because it is it is not just uh, a religion. The, the the Jews were exiled from there by the Romans. So before they were that they were a people. So we have this and they're developing who they are. And through all this your take was hey there's not a lot of black people getting credit in this country and you're not in that country and you don't even know if they are. And I can honestly say I don't know if they are. But I do know there's some recognized people that uh, that are not as what you would consider the standard Jew fair. I think we got to get off. Of what does Jew fair mean? I, I meant it is like just whatever you think is what a Jew oh, is. Like you go to someone's house. For I some, thought you meant it, no, no. Jews are fair because I ain't never met a Jew fair, fair. or fair Jew. <laughs> there's fair Jews. I ain't never met a. I met a fair Jew once at a Jew fair. Jew fair. A fair for Jews. Yeah. You, you you have yeah. This is a. This country is 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 a is a child of a country, and you got it, it. It it is doing as much as it possibly can in the situation that it's in, and that was your question. Is is there? And I, you know, maybe it is a relevant question. But go there. Have you been there? I haven't been there. I would like to go. You've I'm never not, been to Israel? No, I'd like to go. I'm not oh, going to go right now. Dude. Have you ever been? No, but I've been to Africa. Well, let's go to Israel. You got to come to Africa first. I'll go to Africa. Let's go do a trip. It's, they're next door. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we're going all I, the way out if there. If we go, you got to wear uh, the black hat with the black outfit, and I'll wear a daishiki and a kufi. Okay. Bet. It's fine. Uh, but, you know, go. Experience it. And then let's have this conversation. But you, did, you, you threw something out there that was just you made up in your head. I don't know. You could be completely right. I don't know. And I know you don't know. Mm. So let me talk. Let's just say some more shit that none of us know about. (laughs) All right. Here it is. That's a show. Uh, You want to tell them to uh, subscribe and like and all that? Oh, we didn't do that on this one. Hey, guys. This should have been said in the beginning, but uh, for whatever reason, this seems like so easy that I think people should know it. 
you just got to hit the like and subscribe button. You got to tell some people because that's the way that we're going to be able to keep doing this because uh, we uh, obviously, you know, this is a business deal (laughs) in our business. (laughs) We would like you to be part of our business. Could you tell someone, tell three people about the podcast. Maybe one of them is going to listen, but let's get some more people on the podcast. Like and subscribe. Make our lives a little easier. I thank you for putting your time in because your time is just as valuable as ours. And I hope we entertained you a little bit. Uh, what are we calling this? Uh, you told me from that we were going to call it uh, White Lightning. That's right. No, you came up with White Lightning. I came up with So Fresh and So Clean. No, White Lightning was what he said, sent us, and I just took it from him. Oh, so this is called White Lightning. But this is White Lightning. There it is. That's the show. Nothing goes down unless I'm involved. No blackjack, no dope deals, no nothing. A nickel bag gets sold in the park. I want in. <laughs> you guys got fat while everybody stopped on the street. It's my turn. Hmm. You think you're going to live long enough to spend that money, you fucking hump? getting ripped off by guys like that. You come with me, I'm at the Plaza Hotel. You're welcome. You're all welcome. Enjoy.